And welcome to another edition of the ministry-focused Worship Essentials podcast. This podcast will focus on looking into biblical standards of worship and how it applies to us as the body of Christ, as well as talking about issues involving worship in today's church. I'm your host, Brian Foster. Let's talk some worship. As we begin our podcast today, I will turn your attention to the Bible in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 and 16. The word of God says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, but to do good and to communicate, forget not for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Sacrifice pleases God, and worship is sacrificial. I'm not sure worship was ever meant to be clean and tidy, easy, or fun. If you think back to Exodus and Leviticus, where God set up a system of sacrifice, whereby we worship Him, and He alone, He atones for our sins, it included blood, lots of it. Bulls, heifers, lambs, birds, rams, and more. The owners of the animals sacrificed food, money, and even companionship to worship God. It wasn't as easy as pulling up to the temple and singing a few songs at the early service so they could make it to the game in time. It cost something. True worship means we are sacrificing something. Time, preference, money, energy, etc. Let us proclaim our allegiance to Jesus' name sacrificially. Give something up. That style, that time, that sleep, that money, privacy. Offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes it will be by singing a song, even one you don't like. Sometimes it will be through giving food to someone in need when it means you won't get to eat anything yourself. Sometimes it would be by waking up early to pray and read the Bible when you went to bed only four hours before. Sometimes it would be by giving up a Saturday to help someone move. In every case, worship is meant to be sacrificial, and when it is, God is pleased. Father, again, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to to speak your word, and Lord, to teach your word here on this podcast. Father, I pray that you would use me, that you would speak through me. Lord, I yield my, my lips and my tongue to you. I pray, Lord, that you would speak truth to each and every one who listens, and Father, that they would take it and use it and apply it in their everyday walk with you. And Father, again, I just thank you and I praise you for everything you've done and all that you continue to do, and I give you all the praise, and I ask this prayer in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Now, as I mentioned in last week's podcast, today I'm going to switch gears and I'm going to start directing uh, some of these teachings toward worship leaders. One thing I am well aware of in, in today's world is that worship leaders sometimes are thrust into positions uh, in the church out of necessity and truthfully and honestly because no one else wants to do it. And so they're very limited in what they know musically or how to lead a worship service or what it takes to be a worship leader. So in today's podcast and moving forward, and still this is for everyone's ears, but I'm specifically going to target worship leaders. And 
again, I am grateful uh, for the mentorship I've had uh, throughout the years, uh, and especially with uh, Brother Kenny Lamb, uh, the worship strategist for the North Carolina uh, State Baptist Convention. And I'm going to be using some of his teachings in this, uh, and uh, I, I hope that uh, and pray that you'll use the information as I have used it, and that you would apply it and uh, make sure that you're in the right place at the right time as far as God's calling on your life as a worship leader is concerned. So let's talk about first the general call versus a specific call, because one thing I know without a shadow of a doubt is that I was called to this ministry. This wasn't happenstance. This was something uh, that I had felt called to and still feel the calling on my heart today. The general call is given to all followers of Christ. It includes the call to make disciples of the world, to serve others, and be Christ's presence in the world. The specific call is given to individuals to accomplish the general call. Each person has a specific call on his or her life that is used to fulfill God's purposes in specific ways unique to that individual. So a call to worship leading may be experienced in several ways, and I'm going to give you three basic ones. Number one, it's the dramatic call. Something like uh, Paul's Damascus Road experience. A dramatic encounter with God that clearly indicates his calling on your life a major turning point in one's life. Then you have the prolonged call. You are able to trace God's calling over a prolonged period of your life through experiences and preparation. And then you have the realized call, a realization that you have been gifted with a certain skill and God desires for you to use it for his honor and glory. Now, I basically went through the prolonged and the realized call aspects. Uh, I didn't have one of those Damascus Road uh, moments that that, that Paul had. But I know some of you who may be listening who serve as ministers of music or worship leaders or worship pastors, um, you've had, some of you have had that dramatic call. With me, it was prolonged and then it was finally realized. I think I covered this in in the very first episode that I did of of the Worship Essentials podcast when uh, my my little godmother, Miss Sadie McCrimmon, she would take her little arthritic index finger and point it right at me and say, God's going to use you to be a preacher, boy. And, uh, you know, I always thought, yeah, whatever, Grandma. You know, (laughs) I just, you know, I loved her. and But I know one thing without a shadow of a doubt. She was a praying woman. And one thing that I did know was that being a praying woman, that if she was saying that to me, that God had instructed her to speak that to me because I I was a hard-headed young, and there was no mistake about that. And he knew that uh, this was going to take some time for me to finally realize. And I, I run away from the call, and I regret that to this day. But I understand now that I, there came to a time where I lived my life, and I lived it for myself and not for God. And God allowed me to go through that and prepared me for the time where I realized that call. And I couldn't run uh, run away anymore. And I had to surrender to him. 
And for 25 years, I've been surrendered to that call. And it hasn't always been easy. It hasn't always been smooth. I've hit a low valley, but I've also been to the mountaintop. And I've been blessed, and I have learned. If I hadn't experienced those experiences, I would not have learned and prepared myself for ministry and for what I would experience in ministry. God always knows what he's doing. And even when we don't have a clue one what we need to do, he does. Uh, and he allows us to go through things to, to strengthen us, to build up our faith so that we would lean upon him and surrender to him. And so my call was prolonged, and but it was finally realized. Now, what is the definition of a worship leader? I came across this by Bob Coughlin, who's a, uh, who wrote the book Worship Matters, Leading Others to Encounter the Greatness of God. The definition that uh, Brother uh, Bob came up with was a faithful worship leader sign- or magnifies the greatness of God in Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit by skillfully combining God's word with music, thereby motivating the gathered church to proclaim the gospel to cherish God's presence, and to live for God's glory. Now, what is the role of a worship leader? Brenton Collier uh, made the definition or the role uh, of a worship leader, and he wrote this. The role of a worship leader is to bring the wonder of God into large, vivid focus before the eyes and the hearts of the church. For many years early in my ministry, I always thought that leading the music was just that you break open a um, you break open a a hymn book, you pick out a few songs, and voila, there you go. That's worship. Little did I know, and as I grew in my ministry, and as I began uh, began to get more training, and I began to get more knowledge uh, in worship leading. Did I realize there's a lot more to it than just opening up a hymn book on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and Wednesdays and leading songs? We have to be surrendered. We have to be called first. But then as we are called, we have to train and we have to study just like a pastor does. Maybe not as in depth. You can go as as in depth as you want to, but we have to study to show ourselves approved, as the Bible says. And we have to be in constant prayer. We have to read our Bibles. We have to prepare our hearts and minds each and every time that we stand up before his people. Because these songs, in a lot of instances, and I've said this on previous podcasts, these songs can soften up that heart to the point where the man of God can come in and plant the seed of the gospel. And then God can harvest it. So our role as a worship leader is very important, and we need to realize what that role and and what we are responsible for. Now, what are the goals of worship leading? A goal of leading worship is to help the people come before God to offer pleasing sacrifices to Him. Prompters should not be obtrusive or distractive. What is important is the meeting of the people with God. The prompters, which is the worship leaders, work to secure that meeting by removing distractions that the people can respond to. I cannot tell you the times 
I've turned on YouTube and saw worship leaders <clears throat> with smoke and mirrors, with spotlights. Everything was about them. They were the focus was uh, the the focus of everyone's attention needed to be on them, and that's how they worshipped. And people actually thought, well, we're actually worshiping because we're following along what he's doing or what she's doing. And that's not what we're supposed to do. Yes, we prompt people. And what I mean by prompt is when we get up to lead in in music, we're supposed to prompt people to be focused on Jesus because that's where the worship needs to be directed. When the pastor gets up to speak and when he delivers the sermon, he doesn't want the spotlight on him if he's a true man of God. He doesn't want to be the center of attention, but he wants to be used of God and he wants to be submissive unto God to be able to preach that word and get out of the way so people will see God instead of him. Worship leaders should be able to work in the same vein. We are to lead others in worship tying the music and the scriptures together in such a way and to weave it in such a way that when the man of God gets ready to stand up, hearts are softened. We've taken our gospel plows and we have plowed the field and softened up the hearts so that the man of God can come in and plant the seeds of the gospel and then watch the Holy Spirit work from there. So we need to show others Christ. We need to be pointing others to Christ, not to us, not to anyone else, but only to him. That is our goal. But there's also the importance of every person. And and what I'm getting ready to say may cause some confusion, but uh, hopefully I'll say it in a way uh, that uh, shouldn't cause too much confusion. But all are worship leaders. Okay? Everyone involved in the worship services is a worship leader. Yes, computer techs, audio techs, instrumentalists, vocalists, coordinators, everyone, every position is extremely important. When one aches, all ache. If one of our sound techs and we have uh, we have uh, some faithful sound techs here at, at our church. You can tell when one of them is absent because then we are, I'm having to fill in a, another role. Now, I thank the Lord every day. Technology is a blessing. It can also be a curse, but it is an extreme blessing. Uh, and so we have been blessed to have the technology to where if one of those guys uh, is unable to be there for whatever reason on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night, I've got the capability to continue to work the sound and, and to, to help out in that. But that sound tech is, is missed. That choir member that stands up is just a, a, as an important of a worship leader as I am. That sound tech guy is as an important part of, of the worship leadership as I am. I'm the organizer, but everyone works in conjunction in the worship service. They are all worship leaders. 
the pastor is the head worship leader, and you've heard me say that uh, previously. He plans it out. He uh, works with me, and I'll speak about my relationship with Pastor Chad. He and I talk together. He'll share what God has on his heart. If there's something specific in particular that he wants, he shares it with me, and I implement it. Uh, I stood up not too long ago, and I told my congregation, I said, you know what has given me longevity in ministry is doing what the pastor says, uh, because if you say yes to the pastor when he wants something, then you live a happy life and a happy ministry. So whenever Pastor Tag comes, because I know if Pastor Tag comes to me and says, Brian, I need you to do this, then I know he's prayed about it. It's Holy Spirit inspired, and I need to be obedient. There's no doubt in my mind. So the pastor is the lead worship leader in any church. I, as a worship leader or the, the um, second in command, so to speak, in, in the worship uh, process, then is, I'm charged with carrying out his wishes for the worship. Because I know he's prayed over it, as I have prayed over it, and we're being led by the Holy Spirit to lead in this direction. So, but the pianist that we have, he's a worship leader. Our choir members, each and every choir member is a worship leader. Our sound techs, our vocalist coordinators, whatever it may be, they're all worship leaders. They're very important to carrying out the worship when we have corporate times of worship. Now, What are some of the disciplines of being a worship leader? Now, in addition to foundational material presented earlier, uh, these are some important areas of growth for worship leaders. Number one, make worship a daily part of your life. I cannot stress this enough to you worship leaders. If you're not in prayer and uh, reading your devotion, reading your Bible every day, you, you need to check up. You need to get on your knees. You need to pray every day that God would give you direction, guidance, and wisdom as to how to lead for the upcoming week uh, for, the, for the corporate services. And also, you need to get in your Bible to correlate God's Word with the music uh, that, you, that the Holy Spirit is inspiring you to present. Improve your craft. Whether you play a piano, whether you play a guitar, or whether you sing, you always need to practice and rehearse. Practice on your own, rehearse together. That way you hone your skills. That's the reason we have choir rehearsals, because we get together. Everyone can sing individually, but we have to learn to sing together. So we have those rehearsals. Learn the great worship songs in a variety of style uh, style of songs. We've talked about this earlier. There's many great praise songs and many great hymns that you can place together. I think about how great is our God with how great thou art. Uh, Amazing grace with amazing grace, my chains are gone. There's so many great songs, uh, uh, praise and worship songs that can be tied in with the hymns of the church. And it becomes a unified worship. Uh, and, and, and you can use that so you can learn some of the great songs and present them and get with the pastor on them, uh, get his uh, approval on them and then present them. But always be willing to, to learn and to listen and don't shut it off at a particular place. Model worship and musical excellence in worship. 
I think that's self-explanatory. Pastor and disciple your team. That's one of the things that I had lacked in until just recently is, you know, I was so focused on getting the worship right because we had to have a, 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 in my mind, we had to have it a certain way that I forgot to disciple my team. I forgot to disciple my choir. I forgot to disciple the praise team. And that is part of my role, and that's part of my responsibility, and it's part of your responsibility as a worship leader to not only uh, help them practice and rehearse, but also to disciple them and to let them know, and, and, and through God's Word, the importance of what they do when they are involved in the worship. Embrace the vision of your lead pastor. Again, we've already talked about that. Become a student of and do life with your uh, your congregation. For quite a while, I thought I was supposed to be seen and not well. I'm supposed to be heard, but not seen. Let me let me rephrase that. So, in other words, I get up, I lead the worship, and then I just stay away. And people didn't get to really know me that well. And after having a good conversation with the pastor and also going to a, uh, a conference where Brother Kenny expressed the need that, you know, as worship leaders, not only do we need to stand in front of the people, we need to stand with the people and because we're all a part of the family of the church. And so now I've taken more steps to rectify that situation so people will get to know me and feel more comfortable with me, uh, not only uh, as a worship leader, but also as Brian, as the person, not just the worship leader, in other words. So become a student of your congregation. Learn to communicate in front of your congregation. Again, this is very important. Uh, People are going to be cued by your commands and by your voice, so you need to know how to effectively communicate with your people at your church. Then, Finally, pursue an ever-expanding view of God. Again, that comes from getting into the Word of God, uh, uh, doing daily devotions, getting into His Word to draw closer to Him. Not just to pick up a hymn book and say, okay, let's sing hymn number 481 and let it be at that. What does 481 say? What does that song say to you? What are the words speaking to you? How is it drawing people to God? How is it pointing them to God? So be, all, be ever um, vigilant to pursue uh, uh, and uh, get closer to God through his word. As a final thought for today's podcast, if you were thrust into the role of a worship leader at your church and you were not called to lead worship, it may be time for you to have a spiritual checkup. The role of worship leader is more important today than at any time in the history of the church. If you are not all in, you need to get out. But if you are all in, you must be totally surrendered to the calling God has placed upon you. Jesus didn't halfway carry our cross up Calvary. He carried it all the way. Shouldn't our service to him, or should our service to him, be any different? And with that, we come to another uh, closure of another end of the Worship Essentials podcast. In the following weeks, I'll continue to uh, help and uh, uh, focus on the worship leaders in our area and, uh, and to try to help them and give them some insight on worship leading. But also, you as the member, 
you can tune in too and learn a little bit and maybe help your worship leader out. The important thing is pray for your worship leader as you pray for your pastor. Thank you again for giving me a few minutes of your time today. Until next time, keep a song in your heart and keep Jesus in the center. So long for now.